Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I have a special guest here with us today. I have Tiffany Lipinski. Did I say your last name right? I'm yes, always you paranoid. Did. <laughs> Didn't even practice that one. Tiffany <laughs> is the COO and co-founder of Shop My Shell, which is a platform that's kind of like any, like it's not like any other affiliate platform I've ever seen. And that's why it caught my eye. And so Tiffany and I connected and I got to try out Shoplist and see some of the features of that. And I thought she would be a great guest to talk to you guys about the benefits of affiliate marketing and how creators can use affiliate links to leverage their audience. So thank you for joining us today, Tiffany. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to to chat and uh, talk all about affiliates. I'm so excited to pick your brain. I love this stuff. Like the business... <laughs> side of creator marketing is so interesting to me because I came from the beauty industry and that's mm-hmm. why I loved connecting with you because uh, Shop My Shelf kind of started in the beauty skincare space, right? Yes. Yeah. So we started specifically going after creators and experts in beauty because um, there was like, we felt like it was the place in terms of affiliates that that kind of creator set really was not tapping into it at all. Um, And they were kind of the most in need of like an entirely different like visual tool set than Mm. um, what was out there on like, you know, reward style, LTK, magic links, um, the kind of other affiliate platforms that creators use. Yes. And that's what caught my eye. I actually found shot myself from Robert Walsh, who's a makeup artist. And I saw it in his YouTube links. And when I went to it, it was a visual affiliate link page, which like I have been looking for. And there's ways you can do it, I guess, for other platforms, but it's so much work and you don't have time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like how I explain our platform to creators, um, if I'm trying to find a, a kind of anchor to, to start with is an Amazon shop but like you can make it look exactly how you want. And we have like way higher commissions than Amazon affiliates. But yeah, they're kind of what we saw was there was really this need, like, you know, creators are on Instagram, on TikTok all the time, talking about products, reviewing products, featuring like things they're wearing. And because so many creators don't have blogs now, like they're just creating content on social, there's not really a home for like, their product recommendations to live. So that was really like the core concept that Shop My Shelf started with. It was, you know, giving people a home like for their product recommendations so that their audience could easily, you know, find it, tap into it and shop it. I totally agree. I think that's 
something that even now people are kind of not as aware of the user-friendly aspect of finding links too, because there's been times, you know, I see a creator post a product, I go to their link tree and I can't mm-hmm. find the link to it. I'm like, where is it? It doesn't really make yeah. sense. Like, is it on their Amazon page? Is it, you know, it, it doesn't have a dedicated link. Where else do I find it? And then there's like a hundred other links you're scrolling through. So like having it all in one place is so valuable just like for conversion in general. Totally. Yeah. And, and kind of what we, when I'm talking to creators about like how to optimize, like how to make it as easy as possible for their audience, it's like, when they watch like one of your TikToks, like what's the easiest way for them to find whatever product you're talking about? So it's like, you know, me mentioning in the caption, like go to my link in bio and click the like shop my TikTok feed and then you'll you'll be able to find it. But kind of the thing we try to avoid is like if you're doing a good job, you're not getting a million comments on your post saying like, what's the mascara you're wearing? What's the like, you know, shirt you're wearing? Um, cause you know, you've already kind of given people what they need to find that information. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like training yeah. them to know where the resources are Yeah, really quick for people that might be new to the creator space. Can you just mm-hmm. give like a brief explanation to what affiliate marketing is? Totally. So affiliate marketing is basically, um, the ability to earn commission through, um, sales you're driving. So, you know, an example would be if you're like, you know, wearing a sweater in an Instagram post and you link to the sweater um, on stories, people click through, buy it. Um, you could earn anywhere from like, you know, 2% basically up to like 40% um, commission depending on the the brand or retailer. So, you know, how I see it is, is basically just another revenue stream for creators in addition to brand partnerships, in addition to, you know, their mo- the money they're making from the platform, whether it's YouTube or TikTok um, and, you know, merch. So I just see it as one of the, the revenue streams. And obviously the mix is different for different creators. But I think um, in particular, it's a good, it's a really good way for like up and coming creators who may not be at the opportunity where they have like partnerships rolling in to like, you know, start making money, um, start like kind of building data too that you can use to to get, you know, paid brand partnerships to make content. Um, it's like a, a great opportunity and especially for creators that convert really well and have like dedicated audiences. Yeah, so you'd mentioned that when you were developing Shop My Shelf, you mm-hmm. saw the gap in the market. What were you doing career-wise before? Because this is a relatively new platform, mm-hmm. right? It launched in 2020. Yeah, so we've been live for about two and a half years. Uh, and before this, I was working um, at another tech startup. So it was called Popcart, and it basically was like a price comparison tool. So similar to like the extensions like Honey, if you've ever seen those that like help you get discounts at checkout, Um, ours was a little bit different kind of comparing prices across platforms. But through that, I kind of got exposure to the whole affiliate world um, and had, you know, met engineers um, and learned a lot about like developing a tech product and finding like product market fit. So um, that's what I was doing before. And then I actually did have a little bit of experience in the influencer space. 
in college, I had started basically a, a food Instagram account and I got up to like 150,000 followers. Yeah. So I was like going out to eat all the time, doing like paid partnerships with like Open Table and Whole Foods and companies like that. So, you know, I had a little bit of familiarity with the space in terms of how creators can monetize. Uh, but yeah, it really just came from, you know, seeing that there was a need for this from just my, you know, own perspective as a follower of so many creators that I would watch content all the time and, and see, like, I just want to shop this. There's not really an easy place. They're not going to build a whole site for it. So, um, you know, with my two other co-founders, we kind of like developed it and did a lot of market research, interviewing creators, understanding like that there was actually desire for this before, you know, putting our full force behind it and, um, you know, developing it. That's so cool. I didn't realize that you had the like hands-on experience as a creator though. And I bet that is a big part in why this platform is so creator-friendly because it's it comes from yeah. the experience of like, I can't find what I need. Totally. Yeah. And, and I think I just from, even though being like a food influencer is so different than like beauty, fashion, lifestyle, um, you do just get a sense of how brands approach you, like how creators think about affiliates. So having that kind of perspective of an influencer, I think helped and also helped illuminate some of the things in the other platforms that we felt like were missing. Uh, because I think when, you know, once you get going, like as, you know, a company, a platform, a business, there's obviously the creator side and the brand side. And it could be easy to just like cater to the brands and, and do exactly what the brand wants. But mm -hmm. I think the perspective that we bring is, like having creators engage in our platform and building a place that they're going to continue to find valuable is really, you know, the best approach, like to keep people engaged, active and like, you know, earning money on our platform. Yeah, totally. Plus, like the space is evolving so quickly. There's always going to be like new features and, you know, new yeah. needs out there for totally. creators to be able to monetize efficiently. Like you guys had re. You guys, one thing that to me sets shop my shelf slash shop list, which I'm going to ask you about the differences in like two seconds. Oh, but yeah. One thing that sets <laughs> the whole platform apart to me is like, it's not just affiliate links. It's not just being able to like give a discount code. Like you have a way to connect with brands on there. You have a way to like mm -hmm. ask them for gifted products. You have a way to like apply for campaigns. Um, what else? You can do yeah. consultations, which is really yep. an interesting feature that we're seeing a lot of like uh, closed, what is it called? Where where people like can, like Patreon, like we're seeing it that on yeah. sites like Patreon, like that personal totally. access. So it kind of, it does combine like a bunch of different aspects of monetization. So yeah. really quick, can you explain kind of the difference between shop my shelf and shop list? Yes. So Basically, when we first started, first launched our platform, we specifically were working with like experts. So like dermatologists, estheticians and our platform, um, like what's called Shop My Shelf. We actually rebranded uh, recently and our new kind of company name is called Shop My. So meant to be Shop My Closet, Shop My Home, Shop My Shelf, not just beauty. 
uh, kind of broadening our focus, but <laughs> Shoplist was what we um, initially used for more kind of traditional creators who weren't necessarily dermatologists or like professional makeup artists, people like that. Uh, but now we have kind of merged both. So now people can apply to what we call Shop My, um, aka Shop My Shelf. So it's really the functionalities are the same. It was just something we used to try to kind of carve a niche in a specific kind of creator community in the like beauty expert space. So one of the actually first cohorts that we had a lot of success with were uh, dermatologists on like TikTok and Instagram. So I think almost every big TikTok dermatologist is on our platform. And because we had kind of met so many of them, had a lot of success with them. We also have like every single brand they would ever want to talk about. So really like, you know, focusing on one community and making it a success for them really benefited us at the beginning. And now we're at the the point of trying to kind of broaden out um, and reach like all different kinds of creator communities. Okay, this is totally just for yeah. my brain. How, okay, when you guys are like approaching brands, <laughs> Do they mm -hmm. pay a fee to be like, how do you guys make money? Do you guys make money based off of sales? I'm just now I'm just thinking about the business side of it. I'm like, how is this yeah. structured? Like, you know, do the brands like a, pay a membership or do you like complimentary put the stuff on there and they get yeah. a fee or you so get a fee? A great question. So basically how our platform, how we make money is, you know, so we have all these like affiliate programs set up. Um, and then basically when we first started, a lot of the brands, like once we got traction in the creator community, brands had asked us, how do we get in the hands of the creators so that we can be like featured on their pages? And then we developed the whole brand side of the platform. So basically the brands now, they pay a setup fee and a monthly fee to gift to the creators on our platform. And they gift to them with the expectation of, oh, if they like it, they can tap into the affiliate program that they have set up. I love us. that. So yeah, that's so, so yeah, valuable. It's kind of it, go, go ahead. Oh, no, go. I was going to say it's really hard to connect with brands sometimes. So that's really valuable to me. But go ahead. Yeah. And I think basically what we do on the platform is, is kind of mimic something that's already happening. Like, you know, PR firms and brands are gifting to like thousands of influencers. And then if the influencers like the product and, you know, they can talk about it organically on their social channels whether they're tapping into affiliates or not is like one piece of it. Uh, but it's something that's already going on. We're just trying to kind of connect the loop between the the gifting and the affiliate piece. And then like you're saying too, like the connection between the brand and the creator, because that was one of the, from the brand side, one of the things that they, you know, find is lacking about other platforms is, you know, they could set up with another affiliate platform and they just see in aggregate, like, the sales being driven they don't know which creators it's coming from they don't have the ability to talk oh, really? to those creators yeah like you know at least from what i understand it's not that seems as, like a huge like, oversight <laughs> yeah and i think it's just i mean you know the other platforms were like built way long ago and it's way harder to like layer on all these kinds of things after the it's features, already going yeah. yeah but you know i think what the the brands appreciate is the ability to kind of immediately see things like a brand can see oh my god today someone is driving like thousands of clicks and orders 
who was it? And then they can send them a message right on our platform and say, you know, thanks so much for sharing us. Would love to give you a custom discount code for your audience in case you're interested in sharing that as well. So, you know, and then they can turn that into also like a paid partnership, which our platform also does that. So how we, you know, brands and, you know, you're talking about how much the space has evolved and it's, it's crazy to see like, you know, when I first started, you know, doing like food Instagram stuff back in like 2014, it was like kind of just when all the like paid partnerships things started that was really like, happening. You're like it was an like, OG. Yeah. Well, it was just like, you know, and I was in college too. I had no idea what I'm doing. Like, you know, I'm sure so many people are, are finding themselves in in that position. And I, I talk to them all the time. Oh, 100%. But it was like the Wild West, basically. Like you had no idea what to charge. Like there's no baseline. There were really no like managers for influencers. So just seeing how much the space has evolved since then. And now like the number one thing you'll hear from brands is like they want to know like the ROI on things. And if they're going to like pay for a paid partnership with like a creator, they want to know that it's going to be worth it. So one of the like ways that brands kind of discover creators for paid partnerships on our platform is anyone who's like driving sales organically through the affiliate program. Those are people who they'll end up working with or, you know, to do a bigger partnership with. Um, so that's another like reason I always encourage creators who might say, I think there's a lot of people who have the mentality of like, they don't do commission-based things or they don't do affiliates, but I really see it as building your pipeline for, you know, all sorts mm. of things. And also just like great data on like what is converting for your audience and what is not. Um, Cause it's, it's always interesting to see, I think from that, from that perspective. Yeah. The data side of things is so valuable. I feel like I was a skeptic on affiliate marketing for a long time. I think because some of the sites, the, um, what's it called? Like the commission is so low. It's like, you have to make so many sales to be able to cash out at like $50. So yeah. you're like, okay, is this really worth my time? But one viral video I had on TikTok uh, in like 20, early 2020 showed me the value because I got a couple thousand dollars in one day from one video talking about a product that was on sale and just telling my audience. And it was like not, I mean, it wasn't a video I planned on making. It was just like, hey guys, I saw this is on sale. It was the James Charles palette. Totally. Um, yeah. So thanks, thanks James for paying <laughs> my bills that month. But then I was like, oh, okay, this like really actually works. And have you guys totally. seen a different kind of environment with affiliate links once TikTok started evolving? Because y'all launched like right as TikTok yeah. kind of started getting big. Yeah, it is. I mean, we still see now like the way that creators monetize affiliates across the different platforms just because purely of what the platforms allow is so different. So I would say like the easiest way to monetize like is like affiliates is on YouTube because YouTube allows you to hyperlink in captions unlike you know, TikTok and Instagram. So on YouTube, it's you can have like a thousand subscribers on a YouTube channel and be making decent money on affiliates because people can very easily go click your caption links and, and shop the products you've mentioned. Uh, on Instagram, it's all about stories. So it's it's people doing links from stories or people saying link in bio, but still it's it's I would say 
majority comes from stories. On TikTok, a lot of it, and it's one of the things that's unique about our platform is, you know, affiliates can be done in two ways, either through commissionable links. So like you clicking a link, it dropping a cookie, tracking, you know, the purchase at checkout and through commissionable discount codes. So what we like to have is, you know, an example that I can think of as a creator who talked about, you know, some like, you know, cream for like hyperpigmentation. And in the the post of the TikTok, she mentioned her discount code, which was a commissionable code. And the post went viral. Mm. So she earned like thousands of dollars off of, you know, people redeeming the code. People didn't even have to go to her bio to click. She was just like, yeah, if you're going to buy this, like use my code, like Mary 15. Um, so that's really how we see a lot of um, our TikTok creators have success is getting commissionable codes with the brands that they like and making sure like if they make content, include that like in the text of the TikTok and, and in the caption. Yeah. One thing that I talk about a lot with people getting started on TikTok is it's such a fast-paced platform you have to be prepared to be successful like if if she had posted that video and she had had no code and no affiliate links and it went viral it would be like such a missed opportunity but with the platform you're able to kind of set that up beforehand too and you know maybe if you didn't have a link the conversion showing that conversion to the um the uh yeah. brand they would be likely to totally. give you one um yeah like the what I would say about the um, codes, like my biggest tip for creators is try to use the same code for every website if you can. Oh, yeah. It's really hard unless you're like James Charles and you get code James for 15% off. <laughs> like I can't always get just Victoria, even though that's my TikTok name. So it's like, yeah, try to come up with something like snazzy that people yeah. can use every time. No, it, it is definitely getting lining up codes. And I think, too, it's like, the people who have the most success with affiliates are people who they do have like a set of like tried and true products that they regularly talk about. So, you know, like they're not mentioning a million different brands or like they have this core set of ones that they're kind of going back to and they've like built trust with their audience. But with the codes, yeah, it's setting them up in advance so that and with TikTok, just because of how people see content and it's way more based on the algorithm than like Instagram stories of like creators who you regularly watch. Um, it is really just setting it up in case it goes viral almost, as opposed to, you know, thinking about content way differently on other platforms. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that YouTube is just so different in the sense that you can have a very small following, but be making decent money, not even just from... Um, like affiliate links and stuff, but I do feel like brands pay a lot more than I would expect for ads on YouTube, like uh, ad read, which is where yeah. someone like physically talks about a product at the beginning or whatever, a break. And then monetization, it's better than any other platform for the most part. And yeah. then, or like AdSense, so the, the ad totally. spend you get paid based off of. But the interesting thing to me is how YouTube is so inconsistent in views. You can have... I probably have, I have less than 10,000 followers on YouTube, but I have some videos that have like 60,000 views on them that are still getting views from like four years ago. So yeah, it, yeah YouTube, I would say that 
that was the other platform that I was like, okay, affiliate linking works because there's, there was a whole year where I was able to pay like my phone bill because of one video where I talked about one product and it kept getting clicked. Yeah. So it, totally. it is super valuable. You kind of have to think of the long term with YouTube though. It's much more big picture than TikTok. TikTok's like quick. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, YouTube, you think it's like if people are searching for like if you made a video about vitamin C serums and people are searching for that and you're continuing to be like the top result and people are watching it and clicking on it, um, you know, it's kind of building for that and thinking about it, how people are going to discover it, where TikTok is so so much more immediate um, than YouTube, where YouTube can kind of yield dividends over time. But yeah, from talking to a lot of different creators, I hear that they're, they kind of feel the most supported by the platform on YouTube, um, especially like some of the bigger YouTubers that I've talked to have said they feel very like kind of taken care of by YouTube and at least in a way that they feel like it gives them the freedom to create content that they like, be natural, like, you know, from talking to creators a lot, hearing about burnout and all of that. It's really, um, you it's know, real. making, yeah. It, it, and, you know, thing, especially with like things changing all the time, but just figuring out a way that's going to be sustainable for you from like a business perspective and a, you know, kind of mental health and well-being perspective. And one of the things that I've talked to about create with creators is since affiliates is more of like an organic thing, it's like, I like this product. I'm going to talk about it. And like, if there happens to be commissioned, great. And, you know, building that up. So you have, don't have to rely as much on doing partnerships that you might not want to do. Um, it can kind of be, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's also something you're way more in control of. Like, you know, the links you're sharing, the codes you're sharing, like making the content organically. So I don't think doing that kind of stuff takes up as much energy as, and just from like my, you know, experience of being a content creator and kind of how it can really drain you to like do the stuff that you're not, you know, in love with it, as opposed to like what you're organically like, just like to do and share. Um, I think, you know, thinking about it from your mix of like your revenue streams as a creator and, and seeing how affiliates can play into that can be like something super helpful. Yeah. I like that you mentioned having multiple revenue streams. You've mentioned it a couple of times mm -hmm. and I can definitely relate to that. And that's honestly one of the reasons that I wanted to get back into podcasting was because this is like something I really enjoy doing. I love talking to people about social media and TikTok and, and business. Um, but I, on TikTok, that's not my content that does well. So it's like gives yeah. me an outlet to be able to do something I enjoy, monetize it at some point um, in different ways through, you know, services or um, courses mm -hmm. or whatever. Like the burnout of being forced to do one type of content or feeling forced to do one type of content because that's what the platform wants from you is like so real. I think yeah. we're seeing a lot of creators now that became full-time creators in the last two years because of TikTok, realizing how much it was demanding of them. So having this like kind of other area of business that you can utilize as an option where you're not forced to survive off brand deals um, solely is like so valuable. Like I yeah. can't even, I can't even like 
put as much importance on it as I need to. Like no. not feeling stuck like that is super valuable to creators, yeah. I think. And obviously there's like the need to, you know, and with creators to like always be on. But I, I've met so many creators like at the beginning of their journey who were like blowing up and then like had to take a break for, you know, like Oh, we see it months, all the time, I feel like. Like yeah. yeah. Every day there's a YouTuber that's like, I have to step away. Like, and people are like, why has this always happened? It's like, because yeah. it's really overwhelming and it's not normal to have that many like opinions thrown at yeah. you all the time, I feel like. Totally. And it's a lot of pressure. I, I think when I was like a smaller creator, the weird thing is like, I don't feel any different than when I had a hundred followers to having like almost a million mm -hmm. followers. I think people don't realize how weird it is to be like, okay, well, it's just me still, but now I have a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand people watching me. Like, it's like, yeah, scary. I think. Yeah. And yeah, one of the, a creator I was talking to recently was kind of talking about how, like, as you, you know, grow your audience, you kind of like have this desire to be like more private because you do have that mentality of thinking or thinking about how so many people are watching you but at the same time like as you get bigger more people want to see like the behind the scenes of like what you're doing what your day-to-day -day is like especially like Instagram creators so I think it's all about and at least now like the industry has been like around for a while there's like you know people talking about it a lot but finding a way because I think ultimately like with anything like even the brands I meet like the creators I meet like everyone can tell like what your energy is like for what you're doing so it's like finding a way to keep like your energy up um so it's like you know finding a way to like you know get energy from what you're doing every day as opposed to it draining you um is like the key to success I think in the long term but that looks different for everyone Absolutely. I could tell when I was getting burnt out when I just like wasn't excited about creating content anymore. And I'm I'm still getting back into posting more frequently. I took probably a year of posting maybe once a month, which is like, yeah. you know, not a lot for TikTok. Um, but before that, like looking back, the level of creation I was maintaining is insane. I don't know how I was doing it. I was posting two YouTube videos a week, posting on Instagram every day, stories, t multiple TikToks a day. Like how, when did I sleep? So like yeah. having monetization streams, multiple ones, gives you a little bit more breathing room, I feel like, because you're not like, oh, I have to. Have to keep yeah. have to keep producing producing if you can have things that are like working for you in the background yeah but like what is that reoccurring revenue or yeah exactly that? recurring passive income yeah exactly something you're not really thinking about and isn't going to be like a huge burst of work but it's really what the creators who are the most successful like on our platform and monetizing through affiliates is really getting them it to be part of the process of like what I always say to creators when I'm talking to them is, you know, whenever you're going to like mention a product on whatever channel you're on, do you have a way for your audience to find it? And do you have an affiliate link set up? And like, if you're doing that, like it works, like there's not really cases where it doesn't. Cause if you have a loyal audience who's like 
viewing and clicking on your content, their natural inclination is to want to like, you know, find what you're talking about. So it's really just because really the making the content is the hard part. Like there's platforms like, you know, in, in addition to ours that try to make it easy for you to monetize via affiliate. Um, but it's just, you know, setting that up. And it's crazy the amount of creators that don't. Um, and, and really the creators who we like, you know, worked with at the beginning were a lot of people who hadn't been on any platform before and people who have gone on to make like 10, 20, even more like thousand dollars per month um, through affiliates and don't have to rely on partnerships like at That's all. Amazing. They can just kind of go like create organic content. A lot of the stuff doesn't even have affiliates, but when it does, they can like, you know, make great commission off of it. Yeah, that's smart, especially for I feel like people in like the professional space in beauty because their opinions are more valued. Um, yeah, more. I mean, influencer, I think people it, it just depends on the topic, I guess, and, and what they're marketing. But I I think that's really cool that it's giving professionals a way to monetize social media because like you said some people hadn't really had experience on platforms before yeah and, and there are people who are being constantly kind of sought after for their product advice like by publications like you know and publications think about affiliates in a, a very similar way like you'll see so many articles mm. being like you know yes. night creams recommended like by Buzz dermatologists Beat. yeah or like makeup artists like top 10 mascaras recommended by makeup artists and like they're going to like use experts advice to then drive affiliate sales so really like you know our platform the group of people who we worked with like at the beginning was helping them like monetize their own product advice through affiliates as opposed to just like major publications yeah, I don't know if like the average consumer realizes that at any article reviewing things is affiliate links and they're making money off of it. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't really think about it until like the last year. And I, I was like, every single one of these is taking me to I was like looking at the URL when it like changes, you know, to yeah. forward you to the product. I was like, that's an affiliate link. Yeah. It only usually say on the page they have to put a disclaimer, but most um, people don't. I don't realize think I even it picked up on it for a while. Or think about it. Yeah, you got to have a disclaimer, guys. Yeah. The FTC says that you have to disclose any sponsored posts, essentially, or monetary exchanges, and they include gifting in that as well. So if you're making money from it in any way, shape, or form, or you got it for free, you have to tell people in a way, in a place that's obvious. You can't have it like the little fine text at the bottom of the page. It has to be like there. Yep. Yeah, Basically. so you'll see creators um, on YouTube whenever they have affiliate links, they'll have like a disclosure that says like, you know, these links and kind of the best ways I've seen creators do it in a way that's natural is like, you know, I earn commission from these links, like it helps support the channel. Thanks so much for your support. On Instagram, the way I see people do it is just kind of like writing star, like this is a commissionable link. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it is. I want to see what mine is. Yeah. Um, but the articles too, like you'll notice and most of them, it's at the top of like a BuzzFeed or whatever wire cutter article. But I, I think that most people don't realize that articles are like that. And even I've, you know, talked to a lot of um, brands too, who, 
you know, they'll work with PR firms who basically say, if you don't have an affiliate program set up, like a major program is not going to like, or, or a major publication is not going to be writing about you. Um, cause they, that's how unless they, you're paying for them to write about you. Exactly. Yeah. Unless it's, it's <laughs> sponsored, like even organically, they're not going to yeah. include you in like a roundup if you don't have an affiliate like program, because that's, that's so true though, how they make a lot of their, their money. Well, when I was doing a lot of makeup tutorials, like I stopped using certain brushes because they were not like, I think it was Morphe before they were in uh, Ulta. I just stopped using them because I couldn't link to them or like send my audience to a link. I'm like, I could just use Real Techniques brushes and send them to Target or Amazon. Exactly. Like Morphe was like gatekeeping their freaking their affiliate link. But now I noticed actually yesterday that you guys have Morphe on your site, which I was like, yes, we do. Yeah. And most brands, a lot of times are like, they're super open and love the concept of affiliates because for them, it's like the least risk involved. They're only paying for what they're getting and they know exactly like what the ROI is going to be on it. You know, like for every sale, they're going to lose like X amount of margin. So they, most of them love affiliates. It's just like, can they set it up and make it like, you know, easy to access for creators? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we try to work on, like from the brand's perspective, just making it as easy as possible for creators to tap into. Right. Because then why would they say no if it's just right. a simple process? And there was something I was going to say about... Mm, I don't remember now. <laughs> this is my brain. Oh, I I pulled up my disclaimer. It says oh, right. this page contains affiliate and referral links, which may reward me in the event of a subscription or sale. I use these funds to feed my dog. Hero <laughs> says thank you for the food. That's great. So it's kind of like a cute way to do it. That's not yeah. like, hey, I'm making money off yeah. you. I do think like I appreciate when I talk about a product and people will reply to it and say, like, do you have a discount code or do you have a link? Like, I think people that are really involved in social media as consumers of content, like, are aware of that and do want to support creators in that way because it's not actually taking any money out of their pocket. You know, it's just like a bonus that totally your favorite creator gets a little bit of commission from it. Yeah. And it's even in a lot of cases, like, brands will set up discount codes and they're not even like commissionable but it still says to the brand that like this creator is is driving a lot of like you know traffic and success um therefore you should work with them in a in a bigger capacity so yeah i think a lot of people are trained to you know if especially if it's a brand that people talk about a lot asking them if they have a discount code I feel like in my brain too, like if I'm checking out, like I bought liquid IV the other day and I remembered that on Dark History with Bailey Sarian, she had a liquid (laughs) IV ad, like advertising works. Like I was like code Dark History because that's what her code is for everything. And it freaking worked. So I like there is value in having a memorable thing that you repeat over and over. And then people are like, "Ha! I wonder if there's a discount code for that yeah. and then there is so no and there's a lot and even you know there's like that saying that like you have to hear about something like seven times before you actually buy it and like yeah it, it really is proven through affiliates too it's like you have to just mentioning a product like casually is not unless it's like in fashion and accessories it is a little bit different because for the most part if people see something 
they can afford it, like they'll buy it. Um, but mm-hmm. with beauty, it's more of a, you know, considered thing. So people have to hear about it multiple times in order to like really make a, a decision and want to buy something and, and convert. But having the discount code improves conversion so much. Um, so we're always, that's like even really, think about that. That makes sense. Yeah. So like the difference in conversion between if you just share a link versus share a link and say, and you can use my discount code is, is huge. Um, and it also improves like the likelihood of the purchase being captured. So, you know, in affiliates, it's a little bit of like a leaky bucket in that, you know, you can talk about something on TikTok. Yeah, like, I was going to ask about that. They'll watch it on their, you know, a follower will watch it on their phone and then they'll go like pull up the product on their computer and, you know, buy it there. And then there's, you know, if the cookies like are may not transfer over, especially like with all the like increased privacy things that happen, like that's affected cookies a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we always encourage brands to do is give people, you know, commissionable discount codes because that if you a brand assigns you a code and you, and someone uses that, you know, they can use that their computer on their phone. They can use it like 15, 30 days later mm. and it's still going to work and still going to track. So it's it's kind of the only thing that's really foolproof in terms of capturing a purchase that someone has driven. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's understanding that and also understanding like they just helps people convert because, um, you know, people are way more likely to buy with a discount because a, a lot of people think there are so many like, and there's, there's extensions like honey and, and all those things that people use to find codes and they'll just like sign up for something and wait for a discount to buy it. So giving people that that power right away, especially if, if the creator is the one informing them about the purchase, is something we, it's all about like, you know, increasing the likelihood that they'll buy um, to help the creators like basically get the credit that they deserve. Yeah. And I said this earlier, I think, but I, having that access to be able to ask for a code is so valuable. I can't even tell you like how many times I've been like, I would love to have a discount code for this product, but like can't get a hold of anyone there. It's like a roundabout way of contacting them on some contact us page. And then you never hear anything. By the time you do hear something, the post isn't performing anymore. So like having that connection, like this obviously like shop my, it has a lot of different features than normal affiliate Mm -hmm. pages, but like honestly the features are creator focused because it's like all of these things that most I feel like affiliate brands aren't thinking of yeah and and I think like because we have really tried to just listen to like what people want in terms of features like from the creators every single like major feature we've added has been because like creators have asked for it like our you know shoppable posts feature that we have was like something that Katie Jane Hughes like really wanted and has tapped into um our we have like a a consult feature that you mentioned earlier that basically allows people to monetize like one-on-one product advice so it's it's been something that smaller creators have had a lot of success with so if you're someone like we have one of the best examples I love on our platform is there's a creator who has like 2,500 followers and she makes like over $3,000 a month on our platform just from her stories and doing consults. So like someone can come on, like basically tell her like what 
their skincare routine is and she'll build them like a custom list and charge like $25 for it. So our platform kind of facilitates that or like there's a lot of perfume uh, creators on TikTok and they will have like little quizzes so people can come on and, and say like, these are my five favorite perfumes. And then the creator will say like, based on that, here's my five like unique perfumes that I want to recommend for you. So yeah, I forgot about the quiz feature. I should have mentioned that. Yeah. And that's, that, really so that's cool. like our, our consult thing. But that just like, if you think about it, like, even just a, a regular person like who doesn't have a big audience has a lot of power to like, you know, influence people's purchases. Like, you know, even me, like telling people where I go to the dentist, like telling people what I like, like all those types of things. So you don't really Everyone's have to have influencer. like, yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of followers to have real like power to drive purchases is something like it's a core belief like in our platform um and we tried to have features that benefit like those kinds of smaller creators and also show brands the these kinds of creators who are driving like you know thousands of dollars of purchases but they may overlook them if they're just looking at like follower size on instagram yeah, that's a really good point because micro influencers, so just typically people under 10,000 followers, have such good conversion rates. Like it's insane. Yeah. Because people, it's, it's a, it, their content's distributed more, especially on Instagram. Um, but they have that like kind of closer knit community than we see with a lot of big creators because the bigger you get, the worse your engagement rate is. Like, yeah. Hands down. But it, it's an interesting point that there are like different aspects of like areas of types of creator that are going to benefit from like different types of brand partnerships, different types of um, features on affiliate sites. I think to me, the feature that like draws me the most is that I can visually organize content from not just my TikTok, but I can also pull in Instagram posts as well. And I think there's a way to do YouTube. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So all platforms you can put in one shoppable area where people can just see what you've talked about. Yeah. So it is the feature you're mentioning is our like, you know, shoppable grid is is what I call it. So it can be a TikTok grid. It can be Instagram. It can be whatever you want. But it's basically just building a place for someone to go like look at your feed from a visual perspective, tap on the post that they just saw and view all the products that were in it. So um, that feature was actually, so one of our first creators who um, we had on the platform is Katie Jane Hughes. She's a amazing um, makeup beauty content creator, um, mostly on Instagram. And she had, you know, we had originally come up with the, the shelf concept, like mostly focus on featuring their tried and true favorites, a, a creator. Um, and she said like a lot of, she'll you know consistently like get comments on old posts of people saying like what did you use for this and now like that kind of inspired us to to build that feature and now she can at least respond to the comment and say like click the like shoppable feed link in my link tree and all my posts are like shoppable and you can see what i used so and yeah, i that's think super like, valuable for like visual industries yeah and you know, you were bringing something up about like, you know, creators of different sizes and how they think about things, which 
I think for, I've talked to a lot of like bigger creators who have basically said like, they make so much from like, you know, partnerships and from YouTube, they don't have to think about like, they'll just put links there. Like they don't even think affiliates is going to be worth it. But from, for them, they just kind of think about it from like an audience perspective of like, oh, wow, actually the number one comment that I receive in every video is what are the products you use? So it's like, you can think about it from either perspective of like, if you're a huge creator, just making things easier to access for your audience. And then in the process, benefiting from it monetarily um, versus like, if you're an up and coming creator, making sure that like, you know, you're building and having a record of like, you know, what your power is, you can go use and turn into to more um, at a later date. Yeah. And you hit, when we first started talking about like the development and how you guys came into it, it started in kind of like the skincare space and beauty, but it is evolving though. I know you guys recently have added a lot of clothing. Yeah. I feel like affiliate marketing is, is it, am I making this up that it was like mostly clothing until it started to evolve? Where, how did, where did affiliate marketing start? Yeah. So, I mean, affiliate has been around for like, decades like you know probably the the institutional like platform is Rakuten also known as Linkshare that was built yes. in like the early 2000s the first influencer affiliate platform was Reward Style also known as LTK and they did focus on fashion um and you know accessories apparel all of that but you know so when we started we saw like so many beauty creators not doing affiliates at all so we knew that there was white space there and like the visual tool set just really wasn't for them but then what we had seen and if you think about it from like a, a consumer perspective it makes sense beauty you do have to think about things for way longer but the links like have a longer lifespan so like a you know skinceuticals like vitamin c serum has been around for like many years and will continue to be around and the link will continue to live and you know pay creator on their youtube caption for like years but with fashion the like conversion on a single link is higher but it doesn't live as long because you know most like Ooh. you know something at j crew or something at you know madewell or shop up like it it lasts a couple months and then they have new stuff like next season so for beauty content creators, they're, you know, it lives for, for way longer. And we've seen it too. Like there's YouTube videos that like from last year that continue to bring in like, you know, huge amounts for creators. So it's, yeah, it's really it's thinking about it from I that see, like, cycles. Yeah, I see cycles with my YouTube content, especially well, even TikTok. I have TikToks from 2020 that still are being circulated, like. Yeah, man, if you can get a video like that that has a discount code in it, like you're set for life. Maybe yeah. not life for life. And it's thinking too, it's, like it's a good deal. Yeah, and how people buy too, like people buy way more, obviously around the holidays. And kind of the known like stat in like the affiliate world is that like seventy five percent, if not more, of what you are going to make for the year for affiliates is going to be between like the fall. And like to Christmas, because people are doing like, you know, kind of back to school and then getting ready for Christmas. And that's when people buy like most of their things. 
So it's, that makes you know, sense. thinking about it from, from that perspective too. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, as a creator, a full-time creator, the last like three or four years, something like that, like my, the majority of my income every year is in Q4, like holiday yeah, ad spend. For essentially. Paid partnerships like, it's too. insane. Yeah, yeah. Brands are just like, <laughs> we got to spend all this money that we didn't use the rest of the year. Yeah. To, like yeah. doing super last minute partnerships. And, oh, there was one feature. I was looking for a way to embed my post on a blog page or a website. So kind of like a widget. Yeah. Is that we in do the works? Um, an embeddable list. So like, let's say you do a blog post that's like my nighttime skincare routine and you build a list that's like six products. You can share that list on Instagram. But then if you go to settings, there's also, you can just copy the like, code and put it on your site so it's like a little carousel um to put in a blog post so i don't know if that's what you're you're thinking of Um, yeah i think what i was envisioning because i really love the um posts like feed or or whatever like having it visually yeah like having the posts um i don't actually remember exactly what i was asking now that i'm reading it Okay, it says, I said, looking to create a scroll box on my landing page where people can see the recent posts they can shop instead of sending them to an individual list or linking to the posts page. Mm -hmm. So like, I think because I have a custom domain or whatever, like a link tree, but I made it myself. Um, Yeah. So I think it would be cool to be able to have kind I mean, you know how like Instagram on websites, you can embed a a Instagram grid and it'll show up your... Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person that would ever want that. No, but... you're definitely not the only one. A lot of people want more features to like embed things in their site more easily. Um, so we're definitely we have that in the pipeline. Yes, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I, yeah, that's gonna be really cool because I I love the visual aspects like coming from the makeup side of things like being able to be like this is the video this is the look this is the thing yeah oh one thing I was gonna say we were talking about the holidays um every year my Halloween tutorials start circulating again and I had them previously on another affiliate site and I actually yesterday switched most of them over to shop my shell yeah yeah because you guys had Morphe I was like I think previously my whole struggle was like I have Amazon I have magic links I have like to know it like and there's some random ones too, like Dermsor was through some oh, yeah. random site that was really hard to use. So like, and then some and then some brands, it's like through Ren or they have their own platform. Like it's like confusing having yeah. it all in one place. So much better. Yeah, it's a lot to manage for creators. Like, if people are gonna do it on their own, it's like you know eight different platforms. Some brands are on each one. You have to apply when you get there. So. It's like they already have full-time jobs creating content. Like if you're really going to try to do affiliates by yourself without the help of a platform, it'd be like, you know, an insurmountable amount of work, I think. Um, But we're consistently just trying to bring on the brands that creators care about so that they don't have to use eight different platforms to, to try to like, you know, make an affiliate link for everything they're talking about. Yeah, and one interesting feature that we had talked about when um, you were showing me mm-hmm. the features back earlier this year yeah. um, was being able to reroute for international sales as well. 
uh, which yeah. I've never seen before. Yeah. So that's like one of my favorite um, features on the platform and something that a lot of YouTubers have um, started using us instead of other platforms for, which basically allows like, you know, like if I, most, you know, people, especially like on YouTube and TikTok have very international audiences, even a like predominantly US like creator will have like 75% US like max. So they'll have a lot of people in like the UK, Australia. The example I always use is like Sephora is not a thing in the UK. So on our platform, you can basically make links so that, I know that. yeah, yeah, not yet at least. Um, so that when someone makes a link, like if they're in the US, they'll go to Sephora. If they're in the UK, they'll go to Cult Beauty, which is like a big um, UK beauty retailer. So it allows you basically to monetize like multiple like geographic audiences without having to um you know make separate links because you you'll see like a lot of creators um who don't use our platform will do like us links eu links if they have big like you know audiences in both areas so this like saves them the work and allows them to save space on the caption too not having a list of both links game changer yeah <laughs> yeah there's just so many cool features and that's why like immediately when we connected and uh, you started showing mm -hmm. me the features i was like this is everyone needs to hear about this because yeah. it really does have so many features that are creator focused and it's not still stuck in like the old school blogging days which like is so valuable but yeah. things are changing and like we need features that keep up with that yeah no thing it's evolving all the time and we're like you know all of us like who work at the company, including the co-founders, like where we meet with creators all the time. It's like really the only way you're going to, to stay up with like, what do people care about? How are people monetizing through brands? How are people like, you know, thinking about their content on social? So, you know, it's, and that's why too, like part of the, the benefit of being a newer platform is like, it's way easier to build new features and, and, you know, things mm. that people want. So yeah, it's, it's being creator focused is like, you know, central tenor to, to what we're doing. And I definitely appreciate the fact that the kind of stats are used to help creators monetize further through collaborations with brands, mm -hmm. because there are platforms out there right now that their whole purpose is to get creators to make content for free. And yeah. it, it is just, it grinds my gears. And so the fact that like when I get a brand that wants to give me something, um, like I had a brand give me something I haven't had time to make content with it yet, mm -hmm. but like they didn't go into that requiring me to post yeah. within 15 days or whatever. Totally. So there's so much less pressure yeah. and I can create content authentically. Like when I'm like, yes, I'm actually using this product and I really like it. I've used it for six months or whatever. Yeah. Um, I love that the brands who are investing in that area see the value in that like relationship. Totally. Yeah. And we you know, it takes education to like on the brand side, because a lot of brands don't know and they do have good intentions. But we always like explain to brands like, it's not an exchange, like, and if you do it like that, they think of it differently. So it's like, you the approach that you know, you take is like, you gift in if they like it, they post like, if they don't, and like, not everyone's gonna post, everyone's getting packages all the time. It's like, it's part of like how things are basically. Um, but I, I just do think like the gifting in exchange for posting, like with no compensation, especially is like, 
you know, it, it's just a little bit, it's not organic. And like the kind of the whole purpose of yeah. affiliates is being organic and monetizing the like the organic content that you have. Um, but yeah. It's interesting because I feel like we're seeing a lot of like practices, especially in the UGC space, which I probably need to do an episode about that are just like so not organic, but it's like brands trying to emulate organic marketing in a sense, but that's like a whole nother topic. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we talked a little bit about how things are like changing super fast. Before we wrap up, I'm curious, what do you foresee in the future of affiliate marketing? How do you think it's going to evolve? I see it as, I mean, just given what I was talking before about how the number one questions like brands like ask us and talk about us is ROI. So I think that affiliates is going to continue to be a big thing, like, especially during like a recession, like, you know, brands are going to take less risks. So, you know, they're going to be investing more in affiliates and, you know, basically making sure that there's evidence first that they could have some success with the creator before investing fully in like a paid partnership. So I would say like, and we've seen that, more and more brands continue to like build and focus on their affiliate program and see influencers as part of that. Like kind of historically, you know, brands would see affiliates and influencers differently where now they really see them as like influencers are part of your affiliate strategy. So I just see that, you know, over the next couple of years, like regardless of kind of what's going on economically, like brands are going to want to continue to like demonstrate success in every dollar they spend and that's like very easy to do um through affiliates well it sounds like you guys are gonna be recession proof so that's (laughs) exciting congratulations (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i feel like literally brand deals in the last like three months just from the creators i've been interviewing recently like everyone is saying the same things is that like brands are lowballing them super super low they're wanting suffer free or they're just straight up not doing sponsor posts, which is just like insane to me. But yeah, it, it's like a it's a roller coaster. It is. Still it is. kind of the Wild West. And that's why it's like building out different things like different revenue streams is always like, you know, what I'm talking to creators about. So like it can't hurt to like as long as you can find a way where it doesn't take exactly. a lot of time, like building out affiliates is never going to hurt, you know. Yeah, and it doesn't cost creators anything to get on the platform, right. which is amazing. Uh, what size creators can join ShopMy? So we um, like welcome creators like as small as like over a thousand followers. So we have a lot of success with um, you know micro influencers. So uh, creators can go to our site and apply. Um, everyone, you'll hear back from us within like a couple of days. Where very fast at uh, reviewing applications. So yeah, all size creators, pretty much. You don't have to have like hundreds of thousands of followers. And I will also, um, we recently launched a referral program. So you'll have a link that you can share um, in the episode description if, if you want to. Yeah. Awesome. I will definitely be doing that. I think I talked to a lot of creators that have been denied from other affiliate programs. And 
it's like you can't really explain why and it sucks because then there can be other creators that have a similar size following and yeah you know, aren't. for whatever reason they got approved and it's such a crapshoot so i definitely love that you guys value micro influencers and macro influencers mm -hmm. and give people those tools to yeah. build their business because that's what we're all about right. here yeah <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tiffany. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Oh no. Any socials? Just, um, Follow shop. We are ShopMy on Instagram, and our website is ShopMy.us. There's a, um, you know, a little creators page for creators to apply. So, but I'll make sure to give you one for the the episode description. But mostly, I want to say like, just awesome. think affiliates is a huge opportunity, and we're like one of you know, many different useful platforms for creators to, to use and tap into. But the best one. <laughs> I think so. And I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tiffany, right. thank you so much. Make sure you guys check out those links down in the show notes and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.